0: The Art of Leadership Network. And I said, well, I'll pray about it. And I hung up the phone and thought, that was that was wild. And so, but something was stirring inside of me. So I tell my wife, Debbie, uh, I got a call from Gene Appleday, wants, wants me to think about coming out and planting a church in Vegas. She goes, really? What did you tell him? I said, I told him I'd pray about it. So I said, but I'm not interested. Uh, get up the next morning, Debbie's sitting at the kitchen table crying. <laughs> I went, what's wrong? She goes, we're moving to Vegas, aren't we? I said, no, we're not moving to Vegas. <laughs>
1: What is up, Church Plant family? Welcome to the Unfair Advantage podcast for church planters. I am your host, Mike Hickerson. Whether you are a planter, love planters, support planters, are invested in planters, care about church planting, this podcast is for you. We are going to be bringing in class guests and topics that are curated specifically to help church planters win early and finish strong. Well, once again, my name is Mike Kickerson. I'm honored to be the lead pastor of Mission Church in Ventura, California. It was a church plant that we planted in Ventura in 2011. It's been a lot of fun. Before we jump into uh, today's episode, I want to pause and thank Food for the Hungry for their sponsorship this episode. FH.org is their website. If you're a church looking for a missions partner, I can't encourage you enough to check out Food for the Hungry and learn about their impact that our ministry is having across the globe. Awesome impact. Churches interested in partnering with FH can go to directly to FH.org backslash churches for more information. Also, this show is honored to be part of the Art of Leadership Network with Kerry Newhoff. Kerry is amazing. He's the founder of Art of Leadership Academy, which is an online learning community with premium and on-demand courses, strategies, and insights that you need to learn and grow your church. Go to theartofleadershipacademy.com to learn more. You will not regret it, I promise you. And here we go with Mike Rowe and Gene Apple talking about the journey of church planting. What is up, podcast family? I am uh, privileged and excited to be uh, sitting here with Mike Bro and Gene Apple, two of my favorite leaders in the world, and that is not an exaggeration. Uh, Full disclosure, I have to say that because Mike Bro is my father-in-law, and Gene is just a really, really great guy that I've known for 20-plus years. He's been super influential in my life, but they are the real deal. They are two of the classiest leaders. I have the utmost respect for them. In the world, I trust them implicitly. They're just great. And I thought it'd be helpful as church planners that we could just maybe hear their story of church planning before it was cool uh, and just maybe a little bit of uh, what you're doing now. And then we'll kind of look back on your story of church planning. So, Gene, you want to kick us off of like what you're doing now these days?
2: Sure. Yeah, I've been uh, serving Eastside Christian Church in uh, Anaheim, California, but multi site in three different states now. for the past 14 plus years and it's been a wild fun adventure it's a church where i kind of started my ministry journey as a 20 year old when i was an intern back in 1980 back many 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 moons ago and uh so it was fun um after having you know i served 18 years in vegas and uh five years in chicago was, was really fun to get to come back to the church where my ministry journey began and be a part of a whole new fun chapter
1: at some point, we'll tell the stories of people that just want to give you buildings and say, hey, well want you have a campus here? Because that's pretty incredible. And all the ministry that you're doing and just your leadership and your team and just the impact that you have is really incredible. So, bro, that's what everyone affectionately refers to you as. Like, what's, what's going on with you these days?
0: Well, I, uh, <coughs> I, I, I teach at Eastside with, with Gene. And I teach at a uh, real life church in Valencia and uh, sometimes with you guys in Mission Church. And also uh, I teach at Lake Point Church in Dallas, Pine Lake Church in Jackson, Mississippi, and New Hope Church <laughs> <laughs> in Durham, <laughs> North Carolina. And that's all. No, I, I You're just a traveling,
1: <laughs> traveling <laughs> preacher. And, much, no, I mean, just a gifted much, communicator. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just the way God has wired me up, and it's very unique. And uh, you know, when when we came out to California to help help you guys uh, with uh, the start of Mission Church, uh, Gene and a couple other guys took me out to dinner one night. So we got a crazy idea, man. Just move out here, we'll all share you. So that's how it all kind of started. And uh, uh, it's just been an honor and a privilege to uh, serve all those churches, and especially to serve alongside Gene for. These a lot of years, man, going all the way back to Las Vegas and up in Chicago and now in Southern California, it's uh, it's just been one of the great uh, honors and joys of my life.
1: Yeah, man, there's something about the friendship that you all have and the character and the giftedness and the influence and impact. It's been just incredible from my seat to watch close up. But there's a lot of people that are just uh, been impacted by your and influenced by your leadership and ministry and character and just relationships. So grateful for you guys. Um, in fact. We at Mission were just the only thing that we could give to the whole uh, the partnership of you coming out and teaching is we had your grandkids, bro. So that's yeah. so we we were we, we were able to hang out with them in that partnership. That was, so it's that been pretty
0: sweet, man. It's been pretty yeah, sweet. Good.
1: Well, take me back. So I, I don't know that everyone knows um, the church planning journey. So Gene, you are in um, you were in. Um, Vegas and, and leading ministry in Vegas, and then I don't even know the beginnings of how church planning started and how you got connected to Bro. How did you guys meet?
2: Yeah, so uh, maybe I'll even back up just a little further Please. than that a little bit. So when I, Mike and I both went to uh, college in Illinois, in Lincoln, Illinois, Lincoln Christian College at the time, and I first kind of became aware, knew Mike a little bit, didn't know him well, but I knew he and and Debbie both, and and some of their. Family uh, for, I don't know, probably 15 years or so before we actually started serving together. And that's when our friendship really took off. But when I was in college, uh, there was a professor at Lincoln whose name was Dr. Max Ward Randall. And he had this vision of planting 300 new churches in the state of Illinois, believing that was going to be the quickest way to evangelize the state of Illinois. And that vision really didn't catch on with a lot of people. But as a college student, it kind of caught on to me. And I uh, put together three different teams of people that we would just go out and help new church plants on the weekends. And I did that for several years in college and there'd be like eight or 10 of us on a team and we'd go out each weekend and just, you know, there was a number of church plants in the Chicago area uh, that we, that we helped. And, uh, we spent Easter break going out to New England and, um, helping some churches out there. And so there's, that was kind of my first exposure to church planting. And, and so when I went to Vegas in 1985, I became the pastor of Central Christian Church there, uh, you know, where Judd Wilhite serves today. Um, you know, that that was in a day before church planting was cool anywhere, and it certainly wasn't cool in Vegas, and nobody wanted to move to Vegas, and nobody wanted, to, you know, today it's kind of like a hip thing to say, oh yeah, I planted a church in Vegas, but back in that, that day, that was not the case at all. And uh, I'd, I'd been at uh, Central Church for about five years when the church was kind of Going and blowing and starting to reach a lot of people far from God and unchurched, and the northwest part of the valley was just exploding in population. But we were in the southeast part of the valley, and uh, so we just had this dream of planting a church out there that would just reach people who were far from God. And uh, spent a couple years uh, praying about it. And one of the things we decided to do early on, I mean you know, there, there weren't all the conferences and (laughs) textbooks and things that we have today in church planting was rather than develop a sophisticated strategy, we were just going to pray. We were just going to pray that God would give us the name of somebody who would come lead and help us form that strategy. And I I remember on a Wednesday night service, we had a large midweek service uh, in those days, actually asking the church to get on their knees and to just pray and ask that God would give us a name. And, um, uh, I was in Houston a few weeks later, and uh, somebody Mike's Mike Bro's name came up in the course of that conversation, and I, I thought Mike Bro, I think that's the guy, I think that's the name, and uh, I gave him a call, and he lied to me and said he'd pray about it, <laughs> 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 and he he can tell you how 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 it went from his side of the story, but I can tell you from that call to the time he said, yes, was about a two week period. And it was just so clear that God, God was in him. but he, he can tell you how God kind of stirred and, and he and Debbie's heart.
1: Yeah. I hadn't actually never heard that part of the story, Gene. That's, that's awesome. So bro, you get this call from a, a friend and then the, what happens then?
0: Yeah. So I get a call and, um, uh, he tells me, Hey, we've been praying, praying for a name and your name, uh, keeps coming. I went, uh, I don't, I don't know how my name keeps coming because I, I, I have no, I have no desire to plant a church. I have no desire to move to Vegas. I'm in central Kentucky. I'm going to be here the rest of my life, all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, I'll pray about it. And I hung up the phone and thought that was, that was wild. And so, but something was stirring inside of me. So I tell my wife, Debbie, uh, uh, you know, your mother-in-law, I tell her, I said, uh, hey, uh, uh, I got a call from Gene Appleday wants, wants me to think about coming out and planting a church in Vegas. She goes, really? Why don't you tell him? I said, I told him I'd pray about it. So I said, but I'm not interested. Uh, get up the next morning, Debbie is sitting at the kitchen table crying. I know, what's wrong? She goes, we're moving to Vegas, aren't we? I said, no, we're not moving to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so so we said, well, we ought, go, we ought to go out and talk about it and look at it. And God just grabbed our heart and I can remember standing up uh, on the northwest side of the valley, overlooking the whole Vegas Valley and just seeing lights. You know, if you've ever been to Vegas, man, there are lights everywhere. And it was like God was saying, see those lights over there that represent families that are falling apart. And Those lights represent people caught in the grip of addiction. And Those lights represent kids that just need some hope. And I looked at Debbie and now we're both crying. I said, we're moving here, aren't we? She said, I told you. <laughs> so uh, we, we just, we just uh, kind of you know, packed up and, uh, you know, Gene said, we've never planted a church before and you never have either. It'd be a good combination. So we just kind of, like you said, we just prayed and we just, uh, we didn't have any textbooks. We didn't, we didn't have any church planter manuals. We didn't have a church planting organization. Uh, we just kind of made it up on the fly and, uh, Gene invited me to come on the team as, as church planter and, uh, we talked together. He graciously allowed me to teach every other week. And uh, that was that was really fun. In fact, at the time, by the time I came to the plant the church, G looked at me and we said, "You want to stay here? Let's just keep doing this. This is really fun." And I said, "Yeah, that w- it would be a blast." So, uh, so during those six months, I was able to, uh, you know, get a I get kind of a core group together and just say, "Hey, listen, if if you live on the northwest side of the valley, you get some friends out there. We're gonna we're gonna start in the Las Vegas YMCA and." love for you to come to this new church plan. That's how, that's all I got rolling. And God just uh, really took over and, and did some amazing things.
1: That, I mean, so let me scoot back a little, Gene. Like you're, you're you, I don't know that that was heard of at the time. I think now it feels like a, a normal strategy or a helpful strategy that people will have like a church planning resident or a residency or get to know people with a core group. Like, was that something that you had learned or were taught or just felt like, how, where did that come from? Like, I've, yeah, I've always I think wanted was to know it was just that.
2: intuitive, you know? I mean, it was, uh, we had this dream that when we launched the church, we wanted to start it big and healthy. We didn't want it to be a, you know, there's a lot of different ways God starts churches and he honors them all, but we dreamed of something that could start with hundreds of people from day one. And, and you know, our dream was, uh, Mike and I talked about this, I think, I think at the time, Central was running about 2,300 on the weekends. And our dream was that within the first year, we would be between the two of us over 3,000 people that we could be reaching. And God gave us that on day one. And uh, it it was just a crazy thing. Now, you know, some of the things that I I got to talk about, you know, that I had to wrestle with internally is we were going to send hundreds of great people. We were going to send people that we'd reached, that we had discipled, that were. Uh, faithful contributors that were some of our best servant leaders. They were your people. They're your people. Yeah, they were (laughs) our people. But I I like, you know, a a strategy that Mike and I came up with together is that we both decided early on that I wouldn't recruit people to stay and he wouldn't recruit people to go. We would just cast the vision and pray for God to move in the hearts of people uh, who, who, who felt really called to do it. And, uh, I, I remember the day that it launched, um, there were over 700 people that attended that YMCA and, um, you know, that had the Olympic size yeah. baptistry in it. <laughs> and at, at the time, um, I was not aware, I'm, I'm sure there were, but I was not aware of any church plants that had started that big, uh, in history, you know, like outside of maybe the day of Pentecost, right. uh, we'll but, that count, but in yeah. modern times, that it started with that many people. And you would have thought that if, um, you know, if 700 people show up day one, we must have been down 700 at Central that day. We were down 40. And I, I can't explain it. It was just, it was just kind of supernatural thing that happened.
1: Yeah. What was like day one, like you're a church planner. How was like staffing? You didn't know any of this stuff. I mean, there wasn't, you know, there's so much uh, tools and resources. In fact, this is called a fair advantage because we're trying to help planters like know all the things that they possibly know to give them advantage. You all didn't have any of that
0: stuff. Yeah, we, we we. you know, I've been a, I I was a senior uh, leader in in Kentucky when I moved moved to Vegas. So I've been leading a church. So, you know, I knew a little bit about staff and that type of thing but not much and I called uh, one of my really good friends that we had back in the early 80s we had joked around we were, we were playing basketball together and so you know what well, he was a youth pastor in another church and uh, we just kind of hit it off and you know someday we ought to plant a church together so I called him up his name's Kevin Oder, just a you know awesome guy and I called up Kevin I said hey man I'm going to move to Vegas and plant a church you want to come he goes are you kidding me? Vegas is. There's no way he goes, bro. Listen, my wife right now is at a quilting convention in Amish country. She's not moving to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we'll just pray about it. <laughs> so they prayed about it, and sure enough, man, they they've been there for over 30 years now. It's a really cool, and and they led that church just through tremendous growth. And so Kevin was a real key staff person that we launched together with, and uh, and both of us had a little bit of uh, worship leading ability, so. So we kind of took turns doing that So we, you know, recruited some volunteers to, to take that. And, and, uh, you know, just some great volunteers from central big kids ministry. Uh, we, we did hire an administrative helper because neither one of us had the gift of administration. We, we couldn't administrate anything. We couldn't manage anything. So that was super helpful. And, uh, it, we, so we have a small team and a big church and we felt like, uh, there's an old movie called Honey I, I Shrunk the Kid, remember that movie? Well the sequel was Honey I Blew Up the Kid and it was all filmed in Las Vegas. That's what we felt like this huge toddler just waddling around Vegas. Like we didn't know what we were doing. Here we think seven hundred people and we're going, Oh my goodness, this is this is like a lot of people and we have a lot of responsibility and we kept all of our finances on the spiral notebook. We, we, didn't, we didn't even know how to do, you know, spreadsheets on computers.
1: Gene's sweating right now, still thinking about that sweat.
0: Well,
2: I, I, I don't even know if Michael remember this, but you know, we'd made a commitment. Uh, we launched the church with a uh, hundred thousand dollars, which in nineteen ninety three, that was a big commitment to a, yeah. to a church plant in, in nineteen ninety three dollars. And we intended that we were going to do 100000 a year for the first two years. And so we put the initial investment of 100000 in and five months into it, the new church plant, Canyon Ridge Christian Church, and Mike and the team said to us, hey, God's already providing our needs. Take that money and use it elsewhere. Man. And uh, they were self-sustaining within five months.
1: And I would coach any church planner to hold... To hold on to that money now. No, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> to use it. No.
0: Yeah, I can remember uh, doing one of the coolest things. I would say this for any church planner. Uh, I remember we, we set up the chairs in the Las Vegas YMCA. And I stand up on the stage. We don't know whether anybody's going to show up. Well, we knew we like a core group of 50 or so that were helping set up. They were going to show up. But we had no idea that many people were going to come. And I remember standing up on the stage, just kind of looking at all the chairs and my wife Debbie walked up on the stage and, and, uh, and I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And she said, good. (laughs) And uh, I said, I feel so inadequate. She goes, you got to stay that way. And so uh, I felt that way. I still feel that way today, you know, and, and that's a good place to be as a church planter. You, you know that, Gene, you know, that as a leader, when you feel so inadequate, you know, that's when God can flow through you. And, and do things. And you're not trying to be the guy with all the answers. And you're not trying to be the expert. You're like, I'm just, I'm on this ride with everybody else trying to figure it out. And I think God honored that with us. And, and, and it was, you know, you say we were self-sustaining after five months, but every, every week it was like, Oh man, do we have enough to, to go this week? And it really, really was like that man, uh, uh give us this day our daily bread type of experience. We didn't have anything in reserve, but we had enough to sustain ourselves. And God just blessed that and kept bringing people. The church just exploded in growth, and it was it was really amazing uh, to see what God did there.
2: I would just throw in here, um, you, you know, I, I, there's probably some people listening to this podcast now who are in the shoes I was then. As you know, you're, you're the lead pastor of a of a healthy church, and and you know, if you've thought about planting or you know the the thought of giving away people and dollars and stuff, it can feel threatening. And at the time we were preparing to launch a major relocation for Central uh, at at the same time, you know, everything about the decision to do it then seemed like the wrong timing, you know, like, gosh, we're just getting ready to do a relocation and we're going to need millions of dollars for land and, and then more buildings and things like that. And, uh, but I think God just showed up and kind of said, this, this is what I want you to do. And I mean, honestly, our our relocation probably took a little longer to happen because because of launching Canyon Ridge. But when I look back and say, man, look at what God is doing at Central today. (laughs) We got relocated and and that's happening. And look at what God is doing at Canyon Ridge. And then, you know, a few years later, around uh, the year 2000 or so, together Canyon Ridge and Central, we planted the Crossing Christian Church uh, that Shane Phillip is the pastor of and and you know those three churches are just having massive impact on the vegas valley and beyond and i'm just so glad that i was around leaders who maybe pulled me out of my selfishness and and said we got to have a bigger vision and we got to think beyond ourselves
1: absolutely when i i mean even for me when i'm thinking through your story of humility and open-handedness like the way that you all have been that way for me personally for our church for mission both of you guys for even uh, Shane was on our management team when we got started. So the cro- I mean, you play that all the way down the, the line of, of people that are helping tr- plant churches that plant churches, that plant churches. It's really inspiring. So, yeah,
2: it's, it's like making ripples.
1: <laughs> That's a reference to one of bro's famous talks that Jody can do verbatim. If you ever if you ever go down, Jody's uh, oh, I can do it verbatim. <laughs> That's right. I
0: think you have done it verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's so many stories and I've heard some of them. So just from the, because you all talk about church plant days with such affection and the people that were impacted. Um, is there a couple of stories that stand out to you when you're thinking church plants and, and back in those days, or even current church plant work, work that you've been a part
0: of? Oh man, for me, it's always just the lives of people. I, I could, gosh, I could just name person after person after person and tell you their story. We don't have time to do that on this podcast. But right. oh my goodness, uh, just people set free. You know, you, you know, my, my wife's favorite verse is God sets the lonely in families and sets the prisoner free. And we watched that. We watched that at Mission Church with uh, with you guys. We we watched that at Canyon Ridge. We watched the Crossing. Those the, the ones that we've we've been a part of the uh, church plants and mm-hmm. even the churches that. Uh, I was a part of them before. They felt like church plants because they were they, they were either transitional type things. Uh, just to watch God just move in the hearts of people and bring people that had no hope, no direction, uh, really, you know, in a tough spot, searching for what life was all about. Um, and, and especially in, in Vegas when we went there, it, it was so different than uh, growing up in Central Kentucky. <laughs> you might imagine, really? yeah. yeah, a little little different. Uh, but, man, I mean, it, I learned more about the grace of God uh, during that time in, in Vegas than I've ever learned in my life, just that, that God moves in the hearts of people. He desires everyone to come home. And so I was, I've was i been able to take what I experienced there, and that has been foundational uh, for my ministry from that point forward, wherever I'm at and whatever culture I'm in. I, I just want everybody to be found as well. And I'm so grateful to Gene for calling me that day and saying, hey, your name keeps coming up. And uh, the graciousness of in- inviting me onto the team, and giving us money to launch, and paying a salary and a staff versus salary, and just all that—it's just been, uh, you know, looking back to see what God has done in the lives of people, and just in the Vegas Valley, not not to mention all the other places. But it's 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 been really really uh, cool to watch.
2: Mm-hmm. And I would add to that, Mike. You know the the other gift that. You know, there was kind of a side benefit that got, you know, got happened, you know, because Mike and I had known each other for 15 years, but not well, but man, from that day forward, uh, from the day, you know, he moved to Vegas and, you know, I mean, he, he performed <laughs> the wedding for my wife, Barbara and I 30 years ago next week. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, God, God gave us a friendship. And so, you know, we've served together one way or another, for 30 years now, you know, over 30 years. We, you know, we did we did the Vegas thing together. And then uh, when when God called him back to Kentucky, uh, we we wrote sermons together every week. In fact, I think 80% of the time, we, we were same series, same topic, you know, all the time. And then we got to serve in Chicago together. And, and over the last, you know, 13, 14 years, he's been speaking for us at Eastside in, in one way or another and a part of our team. And, uh, I was, you know, I can hardly think of a major life or ministry decision I've made in the last 30 years that Mike's not been a part of that conversation and the prayers and, and, and so, you know, that that's just been a great gift that, uh, you know, I think about church planters, you don't do it alone and you, 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 you gotta, and, and, you know, these people will likely become your lifelong best friends.
1: It's been a privilege for me to watch your lifer type of friendship, uh, even as you're celebrating each other across ministry moves, and but you've still been in it together. Uh, and that's the real deal. You both are the real deal that way. So thank you for your faithfulness, long obedience in the same direction, as Eugene Peterson would say. Uh, you all have modeled that um, incredibly well and still are, and still at your most influential seasons. Like, you all are killing it. So I just would, when you think about the current church planter, like what do you, I've got like maybe a couple you can take. What are you excited about? Uh, maybe what are some warnings that you would give? Um, and then we'll end, don't do it yet, but like we'll do some encouragement where you can encourage us of uh, the next generation of church planters coming. We'll do that at the end, but maybe um, excitement or warning, if you could give us a, a couple of each, if you have any of those in your mind. And Gene, if I'll maybe put you on the spot and let you let you go first. Do you have an excitement for this season of church well, planting? Or?
2: Yeah, I do because, you know, our the, the world is increasingly far from God. And, you know, uh, and it seems like our church planters are our greatest innovators. And while I'm not the planter today, but I, I get to help others plant and encourage and support and, and things like that. So, some of my greatest learnings come from those who are on the front line innovating, you know, because church planters have to reach lost people or they're not going to have a church that, and so uh, I'm, I'm really grateful. I I just think generation after generation, after generation, our greatest learnings and breakthroughs come from our church planters. And uh, I, I, you know, just for all those who are, in the first five years of their plants right now, I just want to say to you thank you because I'm learning from you. I'm, I'm watching, I'm learning, I'm growing and and grateful for the way that you try new things. Some of it works, some of it doesn't, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm just really grateful for the innovation that, yeah. that comes.
0: I love that. I love that. Bro, you got any encouragement? My encouragement is, is just the, you know, the to watch the passion, to see people that, you know, man, I just I got to do this. I gotta I gotta take a risk and I gotta step out of my comfort zone. I gotta move to a place that I never dreamed I'd be, and I'm gonna try to try to launch this thing with God's help. And there's just there's just a, 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 a I don't want to call it an adrenaline rush, but but there is there is this rush of passion that I see in, in men and women that are doing this these days. Just going, we're gonna we just want to reach people. And moving into communities and making friends and moving next door to people intentionally and, you know, getting involved in their neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff and get involved in schools. And uh, it's just, I, I I love it. And, and it's, it's, it's so effective because there are so many people that are unreached. And, you know, the, the most effective way to reach people is to plant churches. And uh, I, I think that the guy you talked about, I, I forgot his name, you said way back at Lincoln. Uh, remember, Max yeah, Ford Randall. Max, Max
2: Ford Randall. Yeah, he
0: was right. He was right. You know, that's that's just the way the way it happens. You know, when 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 new churches show up, people get reached, and uh, so I'm just I'm so grateful for. It seems like an increasing number of men and women here going, man, we want to do this. We want to do this. I get to hang out with a bunch of guys uh, this uh, this summer that are doing it, and it's just so fun to listen to their stories because it take, it took me right back to my Vegas days. Going, yeah, I didn't have a clue either. You know, I was just hanging on for dear life, but I was passionate about what we were going to do, and I, and I, I was there for a purpose, and uh, to see God take take that and, and use it, it's really fun to watch, and I, I'm so grateful for uh, the men and women and the teams that are coming together and feeling a calling, uh, like, like you guys did, for, for Ventura, and, and to see, you know, what God is, is doing through all of you. It's, 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 a, it's a blast to, to see people like that, that are kind of living on the edge, and and doing some cool, innovative things.
1: Awesome. So let let me, now I want to put you on the spot. uh, And that's, I agree with everything you said. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for the. I think that'll be helpful to some, some teams and some people. Um, Maybe give us some, some warning um, and not like, cause you're curmudgeons and don't like this generation of planters, but just as seasoned character leaders that love planters and love plants and love the kingdom and love people, like, I think it's helpful if we just have some, there's things that we haven't been through yet. There's things that I've been through that planters haven't been through. There's things that you've been through that I haven't been through yet as a leader. And so maybe as you're looking back on this, genera- this next generation of planters, just give us a few warnings to be on the lookout for uh, and that we're not reading, really, don't, don't hear cynicism from us or from the people behind me even, just more of like, hey, we, we genuinely would want to know what you see that we can be
2: on the lookout for. So what would you say? By nature, most church planters are early in their marriage and early in their family life stages. and and church planting is probably the single most demanding kingdom uh, kind of contribution that you can make because, you know, it's it's like the entrepreneur starting a new business, you know, when the baby cries, when the baby burps, when the baby needs to be changed, uh, you're on. And so there is that. Inevitable clash and tension of going on is this is the most demanding time as I'm building the patterns in my marriage of communication and and uh, trust and intimacy and safety and I've got growing kids that that need me and I I, I think the answer to that is you just got to have a good support system around you and learn to put. Appropriate boundaries in your life. You know, I I've been doing this for for over forty years now, and I still have demanding seasons. You know that that are uh, more demanding than others, and so you know over the years I've gotten wise about looking ahead and thinking about how do I take a break and those kinds of things after. But a church planter often even doesn't have the luxury of thinking about a break because. <laughs> If they break, (laughs) everything stops. And so I just think you need a team. You need need support. Uh, You know, I think there's the tension. You got to have the right players around you to start with the right team. And you need the right amount of financial support. But I also would like to say to some of those planters who are just starting out there, you don't need too much financial support. And by that, I mean, I think everybody always, all, always wishes they had, you know, $100,000 more, <laughs> $500,000, you know, whatever it is. Absolutely. And, you know, that's part of how God teaches you to depend on him. That's part of how God teaches to, to grow that up. And, and you get to see the miracle of how he provides in that journey. And if you're, you're waiting to have the perfect financial support, you'll never go. Yep, uh, there, there's the trust and faith factor.
1: I love that. So, bro, if you are just looking for, as a as warning, um, what would you what would you say?
0: Yeah, I just echo what Gene said about family stuff, and uh, yeah, I can remember you know when, when we were in Vegas uh, planting the church, there was that tension of I've got a family in a in a brand new church, and both need attention, and uh, you know, and a lot of lot of brand new people, a lot of baby Christians, and so it was, there was a lot of demands, but I determined, you know, look, my family is, is my number one ministry. I, I determined that a long time before we moved. And, but in Vegas, we, we really, I set, I set bookends on my day and, uh, you know, took my kids to school in the morning. Uh, uh I was off every Monday and took, uh, <laughs> took my kids to school on Monday because they were smart. They didn't need to go to school for five days. They went four <laughs> <laughs> and we go to the park and play football is what we did. or uh, we go down. Hell, this is for a great family out and We go to the Rio for steak and eggs, the casino for 99 cents. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good dad right there now. <laughs> that's Dave Ramsey approved right there. That's exactly <laughs> that's right. We're, go, we're going to the Rio Casino for steak and eggs, and you're out of school. But, yeah, it was important, you know, because I, 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 wanted, I wanted my kids to know we're in this together. And uh, and, and I think part of, you know, your all story admission with Jody is she got that it was a positive experience for her planting a church. And so she wanted to plant one someday. And yeah. it's been cool, been cool to watch that. Uh, I, I would think, uh, I'll always think of along the lines of, there, there's three things I still I still kind of, you know, i check myself on. And I think it's helpful for any church planter to answer the questions of, you know, you know who am I? And make sure your identity is founded in Christ and not trying to be, you know, a celebrity pastor be known or, or do it for insecure reasons. I think you have to ask, why do I do what I do? What motivates me? Uh, what, what gets me out of bed every day? Am I doing this for pure motives? Am I trying to eat? That's, you know, some need that's being met by being a pioneer or, or am I just trying to serve God with my life? And the third thing is what I want to accomplish. You know, what is it that I want to accomplish here? You know, what what's really important in my life and uh, just set, setting those things. I think are. That to me would be uh, uh, some advice or, or, or warning or whatever uh, encouragement I want to give to church planters.
1: Man, that's so good. Let me just, the personal note here, I mean, the way, bro, um, that you have parented has had a direct influence on my life personally and me personally and my obviously my kids, your grandkids. But Jody felt like she was planting the church as a 12-year-old too, like she was a church planter from the beginning. And all of your kids love the local church. And so um, they've all been volunteers and key players and staff at it. And I think it's a huge testament to the boundaries that you had and the importance that you put on on like, man, this is the most important work that we could be doing as a family together. It really matters about the people's eternities. And we're also going to have boundaries because family is my first ministry. And so um, I think that you've just done it personally. I thank you for the way that you've led that and done that and modeled that um, for for a whole bunch of people. Um, I'm going to just give you Give you a, maybe just like one parting shot. You can, if there's anything that's just on your head or heart that you'd want to say, just know that there's probably people that have planted in COVID or coming out of COVID. This is like, it's been a a rough season in the planter world uh, for a lot of different things. So if there's anything you'd want to encourage or anything that you just want to be able to to speak some life into planters in this season, uh, bro, I'm going to let, put you on the spot. I'll let you go first. And then, then Gene, you can be
0: the, be the closer. Uh, I just kind of uh, keep keep it simple. You know, I personally, I would give that encouragement. Just keep it simple. Just, you know, following Jesus isn't always real complicated <laughs> love God, love people. And that's what you do. And just keep it, keep it that simple. And, uh, I, I think, you know, for, for me, uh, the, the more I, the more I, uh, the longer I live, uh, I'm going to be uh, 97 next week, actually. <laughs> that's just my knees. My knees might be. That's what they feel like today. Uh, but but the longer I live, the more I, I, I'm kind of living by the motto of expect nothing, uh, be grateful for everything. And just uh, live with that sense of gratitude in your life that you get to do this with your life. Like, who gets to do this with their life? That there there are people that support us so that we can do this full time. Uh, to do you know eternal things with our with our life and our time and uh so I, I would just encourage man just stay humble, stay grateful, and love Jesus with all your heart talk about him all the time, read about him all the time uh, you know uh, read his stories, read his words you know just just know that you are you' are, you know grounded in his love and uh, I, that would be my party shot
2: yeah I, I think I think the words that just come to my mind are just thank you. Thank you for having the courage to do what you're doing. Thank you for having the courage to, to dream, to have faith, to step out. Thank you for having the courage to do what I've never had the courage to do in my life and what the other two of you have done. I've never planted a church. I've been a part of, I mean, leading a plant. I've been, uh, you know, my role has been to be a a support person, an encourager, financial support, a strategist, and to come alongside, but, uh, It takes enormous courage and faith to do what you're doing. And I just say thank you for dreaming great dreams for the kingdom. And I know God's just going to continue to produce a harvest because you hung in there and didn't give up.
1: Man, guys, thank you so much. Uh, Don't have the words of just the impact, the influence, uh, just the high character, keeping it about lost people, lifting Jesus, tangible hope, practical help. Um, Just the way that you've been open-handed, the way that you've invested in the next generation, the way that you've just made the right things the priority. You've lived above reproach. Just really grateful for you guys in the kingdom. And uh, you're not done. So this isn't like the memoir. And so just look forward (laughs) to uh, many years together
0: getting to do this. So, I believe you you called us curmudgeons at one point.
1: I know you're not going to be that. So that's a fair i just thank you i'm gonna um we'll
2: we'll catch up with you later all right sounds good proud of you mike man just a huge
1: thank you to mike Rowe and gene apple i could sit and talk with him forever their journey, about what they've learned. They're just humble, humble, real people. Just super grateful for them. Your feedback is valuable to me personally. So if you could send me an email at mike.hickerson at for any feedback on the episode or any future topics or guests that you love to talk about on The Unfair Advantage. I'm also just FYI, a coach for the Ascent Leader in the church planting realm and cohort. I've been journeying with a group of planters for over a year now, and I couldn't encourage you enough like Mike and Jean did to not do this alone other planters who are walking some of the same steps as you are that you're not crazy truly these relationships are invaluable to you your team your church check out more at ascentleader.org ask me for more info i'd be glad to help you along the way Planters, thank you so much for tuning in. I would love to hear how the show may be impacting you or helping you or what you'd love to hear. If you feel like this is growing you as a leader or as a pastor, or as a person, I'd be honored if you'd listen and subscribe. If you could leave a review, you can get on social media, maybe share this or tell other people about it. It'd be super helpful. Trying to help planters go further, faster, and have every advantage possible. That would mean the world to us. Thank you so much for listening. Much love. Peace.